When I learned of Aunt Dimity's death, I was stunned. Not because she was dead, but because I had never known she'd been alive. Maybe I should explain. When I was a little girl, my mother used to tell me stories. She would tuck me in, sit Reginald in her lap, and spin tail after tail until my eyelids drooped and I nodded off to sleep. She would then tuck Reginald in beside me, so that his would be the first face I saw when I opened my eyes again come morning. Reginald was my stuffed rabbit. He had once had two button eyes and a powder pink flannel hide, but he had gone blind and gray in my service, with a touch of purple near his hand-stitched whiskers, a souvenir of the time I'd had him try my grape juice he'd spit it out. He stood nine inches tall, and as far as I knew, he had appeared on earth the same day I had, because he had been at my side forever. Reginald was my confidant and my companion in adventure. He was the main reason I never felt like an only child. My mother found Reginald useful, too. She taught third and fourth grade at an elementary school on the northwest side of Chicago, where we lived, and she knew the value of props. When the world's greatest trampoline expert, me, refused to settle down at bedtime, she would turn Reginald around on her lap and address him directly. Well, if Lori doesn't want to listen, I'll tell the story to you, Reginald. It worked like a charm every time. My mother was well aware that there was nothing I loved more than stories. She read the usual ones aloud. How the elephant got its trunk, green eggs and ham, the bluebird of happiness, and all the others that came from books. But my favorite stories, and Reginald's too, were the ones she didn't read, the ones that came from her own voice and hands and eyes. These were the Aunt Dimity stories. They were the best, my mom's special treat, reserved for nights when even back-scratching failed to soothe me into slumber. I must have been an impossibly restless child because the Aunt Dimity stories were endless. Aunt Dimity's Cottage, Aunt Dimity in the Garden, Aunt Dimity Buys a Torch, and on and on. My eyes widened with excitement at that last title. I was thrilled by the thought of Aunt Dimity preparing to set out for darkest Africa, until my mom reduced my excitement and the size of my eyes by explaining that, in Aunt Dimity's world, a torch was a flashlight. I should have guessed. Aunt Dimity's adventures were never grand or exotic, though they took place in some unnamed magical land, where a flashlight was a torch, a truck was a lorry, which made Reginald laugh, since that was my name too, and tea was the sovereign remedy for all ills. The adventures themselves, however, were strictly down to earth. Aunt Dimity was the most mundane heroine I had ever encountered, and her adventures were extraordinarily ordinary. Nonetheless, 
I could never get enough of them. One of my great favorites, told over and over again, until I could have told it myself had I wanted to, which I didn't, of course, because my mother's telling was part of the tale, was Aunt Dimity Goes to the Zoo. It began on a beautiful spring day when Aunt Dimity decided to go to the zoo. The daffodils bobbed in the breeze, the sun danced on every window pane, and the sky was as blue as cornflowers. And when Aunt Dimity got to the zoo, she found out why. All the rain in the world was waiting for her there, gathered in one enormous black cloud which hovered over the zoo and dared her to set foot inside the gate.